Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 225. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is BT Calloway. Ahoy uh, hoy. And joining us all the way over from Glasgow, Scotland, is David Cooper. Hi, that's me, hello. <laughs> that is you, and welcome mm-hmm. to The Simpsons Index. Of course, this is a podcast that reviews Simpsons from all across the years. We've done old, we've done medium, and now we're doing new. And before we hook into that, we want to ask you, David, how are you? And yeah, thank you for joining us on the show. And um, David first came to my attention uh, on Twitter. You did this fantastic watercolor comic of the life of Lenny and how bleak his existence actually is and then dug in further and found more of your watercolor art and your one Simpsons character a day project uh can can you tell more of our audience more about that please uh sure first thank you for having me um Mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's just some random Sunday I think it was I was just making this weird little comic about Lenny and for some reason that really resonated with people and I just started drawing more and more Simpsons stuff, really. Like, um, I make a lot of art. I mean, stuff that's pop culture related and stuff that's not pop culture related. But the way that The Simpsons is kind of a part of a part of us all, a part of us all, a part of us all, <laughs> it's, um, it seemed like a good little sort of vein to tap into. Like, mm. we, we all speak Simpsons. We might as well have this shared cultural experience. And I, I'm finding more and more... I'm really enjoying just that being what I explore in my art. No, absolutely. Like, and aside from the one character a day, um, the post that you're doing, like you're doing um, stills of like Simpsons iconic yeah. shots as well in your style. And um, yeah, I was just wondering what is the process with the watercoloring? Cause it, it doesn't look digital, but I don't have mm. a great eye for things. That's why I do podcasts, audio stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what's your process with making these? these pictures well, i do a mix of, i do a mix of things to be honest there's some paintings that are painted digitally entirely on the ipad but there's a yeah lately i've been doing a lot of little watercolor postcards and it's it's literally just i sit down at my kitchen table with a, a messy palette of, of paints and, and some water and i just pick a frame and and try to sort of recreate it in my own style it's really fun but i'm, I'm surprised that anyone likes them but I'm, i enjoy doing them so i'm going to keep doing them for as long yeah. as i can well, basically, the the ultimate goal is to recreate every single frame from The Simpsons in watercolor <laughs> form, and then I can just do my own bootleg version with with yeah. shitty voice actors on the side. <laughs> yep, that version of the show that's in uh, almost melancholic watercolor. Yeah, but yeah, and enjoying the one character a day project that you're doing as well, where yeah, basically for those that don't know, for any character that has like a single spoken word of dialogue or at least a prominent yeah. spot in a Simpsons episode, you're doing a, a watercolor of them. A good Lord. <laughs> and yeah, just if you go, wow, I never really thought about the, uh, hello bears guy from the call of the Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, that's so when you showed me that image, I picked who it was immediately. <laughs> like, exactly. oh, why don't you come eat me? <laughs> well, that, that's the fun thing about it. Like these characters that you give no second thought to when you're watching mm. the episode, but you can recognize them immediately, or you can be like, "Oh, that character shows up three seasons from now in a background show." It's uh, there's more to it than you think. I, I like giving all. I mean, I, I do every character. I do you know your popular characters as well. But there's something nice about adopting all these weird one-off freaks and being like, "You get a chance to 
to shine in the sun. Yeah. I'm going to write a thousand words about random background man number 372 or whatever. <laughs> well, I do love thinking about that as well. Is like Because, yeah, the Simpsons designers, you know, especially at this stage, season one, where, yeah, you're currently drawing the characters from, I imagine these were sort of more rushed jobs for them as well like mm. they probably had to spend there's so a much- lot of simpsons background characters that are meshed up nightmares we all know that, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah homer's yeah. odyssey as well that was a mm. trip seeing all your, your the, one with the dudes the- that have their two heads connected yeah yeah <laughs> they, they're wonderful they're classic yeah <laughs> it has kind of ruined the show for me in many ways like any episode i'm watching I'm, I'm on the lookout now for like, oh, mm-hmm. that character is a one-off character who's never going to yeah. appear it again. They're, they stand out to me. Like in today's episode, which I won't spoil what it is, because <laughs> um, there are certainly a few where I'm like, I bet that's the first time appearance for that random mm-hmm. security guard or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, yeah, you're going to be the one who's done all the research that you can draw the red string and like, oh my God, no, this person was here from the start. Yeah, if we find out they've been keeping like canon and putting any once off character just into the background and then giving them actual lives, I will be stunned. Well, like, you'd be surprised at like how many of them do show up because the way animation works is you're not going to want to redesign new characters for every crowd scene. So you end up seeing a lot of the same faces over and over again, where they just picked it from out from a model sheet. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, aside from the project, right, uh, we like to ask all our first-time guests, where did The Simpsons start with you? Do you remember where it first popped up in your life? Oh, very, very early on. Like, I was born in 88, so just before, you know, just before everything really got going. The, the almond mm. shorts existed before me, but no one, no one in the UK cares yeah. about the almond shorts. <laughs> so, like... It aired on a satellite channel called Sky One here in the UK, which mm-hmm. we, growing up, we didn't have that. So I had to wait until probably about, I'm guessing, 92, 93 for it to show up on, on terrestrial TV, on the BBC. But by then, Simpsons Mania had obviously kicked in. Yeah, Like, I, I, was, a, I was a young child on the playground. I knew who Bart Simpson was. I knew I loved him. I had never <laughs> seen an episode, but I knew this was going to be, like, the most important thing that had ever happened. So when it did air and I was able to see it, I was, I was you know, cross-legged in front of the TV, ready to absorb this new religion. <laughs> Speak to me, oh Lord. <laughs> Obviously, there's lots of things that, that didn't have the same long-lasting impact, but The Simpsons is one of the few things where it's like, mm. oh, this is my life now. This is my life for the next 30 years, <laughs> for better or worse. Yep. No, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, we're born around the same time. And yeah, I can say it's a yeah, very similar experience. But, you know, I think a lot of people have got that similar experience. But everyone sort of seems to be different on where did the show end with you? Or are you still going? Are you watching the new apps? Mm-hmm. Where are you at with it now? I dropped off around the time that I left home and um, yeah. had less access. Like I was still watching when I could in the, this would have been the, I guess the teen seasons, 14, 15 thereabouts. Yep. But then I left for uni and I, I didn't have as much access to them. I probably would have kept watching, even though like I probably was feeling at that time that I was sort of growing away from it. Um, I could, I could tell there was a dip in quality, but I, you know, I still would have stuck with it just out of loyalty, I think. But yeah, there's this big gap from, I'm guessing, 2006-ish mm-hmm. till basically now where I haven't seen... It's, it's amazing to me that um, it's had such a big impact on me and I ha- probably haven't seen over 50% of the episodes. Oh, yeah. you can, most people can say that. Mm-hmm. You guys can't. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have done the work. Yeah, we've, we've clocked up the hours now, but... Um... <laughs> 
Yeah, considering the yeah. length of it. It's, you, the fact that you can say, I haven't watched it for 16 years, that's only half. Yeah. I know. Good it's insane. No, because earlier in the year, we were talking about, yeah, because it's the an- 15th anniversary of the movie, and it's like, oh, wow, we're close getting to the point where the movie is the halfway point. That is <laughs> not something I want to think about anyway. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I thought we'd show you a relatively recent episode, and this is an interesting one today. So yeah, we just watched season 27, episode 4, Halloween of Horror. First released in October of 2015, it was directed by Mike B. Anderson, written by Carolyn Omni. In this episode, it is The Simpsons' first non-treehouse Halloween set episode. Yep. So, yeah, the episode deals with Lisa going to, like, a crusty land zombie-themed night and getting, yeah, petrified scared and mm-hmm. her dealing with her fears and Homer trying to calm her, but also him being chased by uh, three, what's the word they use? Scuzzos. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, what do we think? It's okay. Are we okay? I thought it was quite good. I'm like I have less familiarity with season 27 but this is better than I expected a season 27 episode to be yeah season 27 is pretty grim like (laughs) yeah this is not a good season there is a particular low point sort of between 26 and 30 that yeah the most of the dreck exists but yeah especially taking that into consideration I really liked the heart on this one. Yeah. I thought it told a good story. Yeah, it's not up there with sort of the gut-bustingly funny Simpsons episodes, mm. but if they're going for a spooky episode that's not Treehouse of Horror, I really appreciate the ambition of this one. I agree with that completely. Like, uh, the, the heart is the high point of this. There, there weren't a lot of laugh-out-loud moments, but mm. I was surprised that, like, it's genuinely kind of spooky for a primetime animated sitcom. And yeah. you really do feel for Lisa. Mm. Like I, I like when Lisa gets to be a kid and, and here she's she's really like you really feel for what she's going through. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's that whole kid thing of like, yay, I'm finally big enough for the scary thing. That's oh no, fucked. scary thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, being tall enough for the roller coaster and coming up never again. <laughs> Why did I want this? I think um, I, think I was a wussy kid myself, so like maybe I yeah. just related extra hard. And that was the adult. <laughs> um but that's the other thing i wanted to ask Uh, do you generally like the treehouse of horror episodes uh yeah i mean it's fun to go outside the format i think the the treehouse format was really revolutionary because it kind of showed these shows could kind of Mm. do the non-canon stuff i was like in comics when you'd get like the what ifs and the weird ultimate universes this is basically that you get to just explore a fun concept that you'd never do in the main show so the i mean of the episodes that I haven't seen, the treehouses are more often than not the ones I'm likely to dip into. Mm-hmm. But it is remarkable that they got this far, uh, 27 years in, without doing just a straight up, yeah. here's what actually happens with The Simpsons at Halloween. Yeah. No, and it does sort of paint a picture as well where they've been commented on, oh, it's Everscream Terrors is back on again. And like, it's, yeah, really implying this world outside of the treehouse world well it's funny right the, the early treehouses have the kind of framing devices of here's what the simpsons are doing at halloween here's their yeah. weird little part this is why they're, they're going telling up the stories mm. but they kind of drop that pretty quickly mm. just presumably for time yeah. and now we get to revisit it and be like no they they actually love it's weird to see homer like oh i love halloween i'm a big halloween guy i'm uh i i love <laughs> i love the pageantry of it all that's not what i would necessarily assume but mm-hmm. here it is 
So anyway, yeah, we structure this podcast with a little bit of questionnaire. So first off, mm. I'll ask BT, yes. for better or worse, what is a moment from this episode that stood out to you? Part of my problem with this is it does take a little bit to get into the idea of, you know, Lisa's scared and Homer trying to look after. Once it gets there, though, it is very nice and sentimental. And a line from that I really like is Homer's just, isn't life funny and safe? Yeah. Yeah, he's just trying to plaster everything as being rosy and all very, everything's fine. And I think it was the power went out and he's like, no, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And yeah, just the line, isn't life funny and safe? was just, it got me. Yeah. Yeah, that's very as well that he's he's trying so hard to protect her from you know knowing that anything's wrong that's not necessarily what you would assume of homer mm. like he's trying so hard to make sure lisa not only is safe but feels safe yeah, yeah. and this is yeah a very lovely homer that i do like to see as well that mm. yeah he's very concerned for her and then like has his own fears that he's dealing with and then trying to push them down for her sake. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a parent in that situation. Just like, I'm not scared as well, my child. Yeah. But also the fact that for a second it looked like the conflict was going to be Homer doesn't want to take down the Halloween decorations for Lisa. But no, he does it. Like, you know, he's disappointed, but he's not stupid Lisa. Maybe take down all the fun that Mary. So he's mm. not like a sulky baby about it. And the fact that we didn't go there, I do really appreciate. I was worried about that for a second. Yeah, yeah. No, and he also has that sweet moment at the amusement park. It's like, honey, you know, daddy's, these tickets were very expensive. Are you sure you can't deal with this? Because I spent uh, real money on these scares that aren't real, but the but money you know is I'm very real. real. <laughs> as, as a parent, I've definitely been there where it's like, I spent money on this thing and you're going to enjoy it, right? You're going to enjoy it? They never do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying a lot, and you're playing with the cardboard box it came in. Well, so long as you're happy. <laughs> uh, David, how about you? What's a moment for better or worse from this episode that stands out to you? I think probably the most standout thing is the song, which mm. has very little to do with the rest of the episode. But it's really, I'd seen this episode before a few years ago, and that was one of the main things I remembered from it this, this fun yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show parody. Yeah, about adult Halloween. My big problem is like I feel like that concept could have been used for a you know stretched out for a full episode and it's kind of just packed into this one little scene, but it's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's in the weird mid ground where it's a concept that could be stretched out, but at the same time, I don't know if it needs a song to explain. It's like I, I've already got it. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe. I, I enjoyed the production on it. Certainly, I thought the lyrics were a little bit crunched into the yeah to the parody song, but. It's also one that it's like it's distant enough from Time Warp. Like mm. it's it's a sound alike. They're not really going for like a one for one matching the rhymes or anything. But I agree. I really like the concept, and yeah, I agree. There's something funny that could be fleshed out about the whole, you know, when it's bedtime for the kids. You know, yeah. the, the real monsters come out. <laughs> Things go from freaky to freaky. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was like in Halloween things when they um. They have a chance to show all these normal characters in like these weird costumes, but mm. I mean, my problem with it in this is I don't think the costumes are specific enough. There's oh, yeah. kind of generic ones. I don't know if there's like copyright issues or weird rights issues mm. that they have to go with, but like the the few kind of very specific costumes that our our normal characters have mm. are quite amusing. Like a uh, Charmers is um Zardoz, for example. That just yeah. like I did. This is the a Halloween episode is the only opportunity you're going to get to have something weird like that. Mm -hmm. I yeah I popped very hard for Bert and Ernie uh, Eddie and yeah, Lou yeah. the cops <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they're great. and again the fact they didn't screech to a halt and point at it and be like get it I'm like yes no I got it thank you I did like it I mean especially for 
you know, a non-Treehouse Halloween episode that they're, you know, making it a bit more grounded, obviously, but they're still having, you know, a bit of fun and a bit more surreal moments. And yeah, also giving Bart and Marge something to do in this episode as well, Mm. which, yeah, the encroaching adults, like, getting creepier and creepier, I thought was great. But yeah, yeah, if I was betting as well, I feel like this is an idea that it existed for a lot of Treehouse of Horrors that they couldn't quite work out how do we make this a segment but yeah i thought it worked very well here yeah i like them acknowledging the other treehouse the treehouse format right at the very start they're like we know you're all thinking it yeah like what this treehouse would be the psycho parody the muppet wizard of oz parody and the furniture gets smarter and like i checked the head that's that's not what the treehouse is no yeah i did the same thing like was that it (laughs) the idea they're like Sorry, go. They're like, we know what you're thinking. We we know this is a Simpsons Halloween episode. Yeah. We know what you're thinking. Let's get that out of the way so we can deal with having an actual episode. I did like as well the idea we're doing a uh, Muppet Wizard of Oz. I'm the Scarecrow, and it's like, wait, so this is like a triple parody. It's Simpsons does Muppets does Wizard yeah. of Oz, which is also not a Halloween thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not just I'm Scarecrow. It's I'm Scarecrow Fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think to look ahead. What is the treehouse this year? Oh, uh, it's the one where Bob finally kills Bart. Yep. Oh, that terrible Godzilla parody. And, oh, the Chronicle parody. Yep, very, very far away from that. Mm. I would have much rather, yeah, see the furniture yep. comes alive and it's smart. Yeah, sure. Something. Why not? <laughs> when furniture finally says, no more butts shall shit on us. <laughs> Did you say shit on us? Uh, I meant to say sit, but something <laughs> went wrong with my face. And so I said, shit. So, uh, it doesn't sound like your face is what went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> something went wrong. Your poor furniture. Yeah. And what stands out to me, um, I really like this uh, introduction of the idea of Taylor. Like, at this point when Simpsons sort of want to say, oh, here's this thing that it's always been, you know, it's yeah. always a risk because eagle-eyed Simpsons fans such as us go, no, we recognize security guard number three from the background. That's inconsistent or whatever we do. (laughs) Hope someone gets fired for that blender. (laughs) But yeah, Taylor as well, like just, yeah, this idea of this comfort thing that Lisa had managed to put away for many years and that it brought up, I thought they brought it into this story in a very elegant and satisfying way. It was a very sudden shift because both Homer and Marge are like, what about Taylor? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But then the quick, the shot of Lisa's scrapbook where it starts off as like a toy raccoon that gets slowly more gross and deteriorated until it's just a tail. Mm. And then the implication is it's been stuck into the scrapbook and left behind at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's very specific, isn't it? Like, um, it's not a stuffed animal. It's specifically a tail. Well, that's the thing. It began life as a stuffed animal. It just, uh, you know, broke apart. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's like taken from one of the writer's actual childhoods or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like a thing that's sort of written from experience like that. And I know it's a little bit reminiscent of Bobo in the same way that, yeah, the attachments to these ratty old things. Like, I remember hearing about when I was a kid, I had this stuffed bee toy or something. And apparently when I was a kid, I just used to love uh, rubbing the label of it until it rubbed off and apparently I started freaking out because it used to be my comfort thing. Your comfort is gone. (laughs) Yeah, they got me a new bee toy, but it also didn't have the label, so that didn't work. (laughs) You're you're the only kid who's like worried about, no, is this tumble dryable or not? (laughs) (laughs) Read the label. What do these symbols mean? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. And yeah, Lisa sort of, yeah, doing the whole letting go thing and for the greater good. Didn't need Maggie and the weird post-credits bit magically bring it back to life? Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird and like, 
an age where we're accustomed to post-credit scenes on things being a tease for something. I'm like, yeah. I assume they never followed up on that. That was just nah. weird for the well, sake of weird, I think. Simpsons in this era have this thing of, no, we've got to have a fourth bit after the, you know, the other, and then they just add an extra thing, whether it's a good idea to have it or not. And hmm. most of the time it is not. It's like, no, no, you had your story, just end. Well, especially, you know, what we were saying, yeah, more grounded Halloween episode for The Simpsons, yeah, to have this element where Maggie finds the half-burdened tail, magics her fingers over it, it comes back to full bushiness, and then she starts rubbing it like Lisa. It was just, it's such a weird button for an otherwise, yeah, grounded for an episode, episode that just didn't need it. With the return of the Halloween music as well, like, mm. which was used as a joke earlier. Yeah, a joke I quite liked. Yeah, where Homer's like, oh, you know, whistle nonchalantly and starts whistling the Halloween theme. And then I also <laughs> like that Lisa starts singing it to herself and not realizing what it is. version of it is dead cute. Very cute. <laughs> the cutest that music has ever sound. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Uh, you do have junkies who are getting high on silly string. That's that's That had a big down arrow for me. I did not enjoy that at all. You ever tried it, man? You ever gotten strung out? Strung. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> silly strung out. You know what? I can't say that I have. I cannot say that I have. You never go the glow? You, you're thinking about this too much. And I, I sure am. I respect <laughs> what am I, it. What am I, marketer for, like, for bad drugs? Anyway. <laughs> I mean, if anything, market good ones. Come on, we didn't raise you like that. Yeah, I'm I think it's intentionally, it's intentionally not that wacky an episode because it yeah, needs was... to be somewhat grounded for the emotional stakes to work. Yeah, like the the, the three um, pop up store staff have mm. to be a little bit menacing, so you can't take them too far. Did you notice, by the way, that one of them doesn't speak? Yeah. Oh, because I was wondering that because I had notes for uh, guest voice actors in that, and I was and I could only find two. I'm like, mm. hmm. yeah, so exactly. there we go. The larger one with the shaved side of the head. This is what I notice now: whether a character gets a line or not. One of them just doesn't speak. I was like, kind of wondering I if that, that? Was... <laughs> I was kind of wondering if that was like a spot open for another guest star who who didn't didn't show up to the recording or something. You know? Yeah, potentially. But I mean, the guest stars that I did have like are kind of unrelated to each other, so I don't know who it could have been. But anyway, they were. Blake Anderson from uh, Workaholics. Uh, yeah. He's probably the most recognisable member of that trio, the moustache and big bushy hair guy. Yeah. And also Nick Kroll as one of them yeah. as well. Nick Kroll from Big Mouth and a whole bunch of other comedy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick Kroll's quite a good voice actor in general. Yeah. Like, first time I watched this, I didn't recognise it was him. And, yeah. Um, quite yeah. menacing. I know, I was definitely surprised to find out how many voices he does in Big Mouth, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of one of these weird things where they slipped into the show maybe a little too well, that they were kind of lacking a bit of distinction. Like, I, I don't know. What did you guys think? Uh, in terms of them being villains or in terms of them just appearing the first time? Oh, just a, a, their appearance and their, their characters and how they performed and all that. Yeah, I think that's the kind of balance they are trying to strike here because they don't want them to be trying to kill Homer. They do directly say they're trying to just beat him up. Yeah. So maybe for that, they kind of toned down any kind of, you know, visual horror of them. I guess they're just meant to be ordinary schlubs and they look they, they fit in the schlub category of your brain. There is a very intentional attempt to, to make them not be super creepy in that, like, two of them, their masks are, are a clown, like a scary clown, mm. and, like, the screen mask, and then the third one is a princess, yeah. which is a deliberate kind of subversion of, uh, you know, the creepy mask thing. Yeah. 
yeah. I thought it might have potentially been a reference to The Strangers, uh, which is a movie about a home invasion with three strangers who can wear, all wear masks, and one of them is like a, you know, not a princess, but it's like a pin-up doll head. So, uh, right. Maybe. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, this was a mix of, yeah, The Strangers and the other one. Uh, come on, brain. Think of horror movies you've watched. Uh, you're a, you're the, our the resident horror movie expert as well. Yeah, Purge. A little bit of Purge vibes. You're the one whose Shutter account that I'm leeching off. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I'm leeching off Ellen's Shutter account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Decisively non-wacky episode, surprisingly. Mm. But I, I will say, I think uh, one of the more wackier elements, and of course they're playing it up because it's through the eyes of the child, is when they do go to Krusty Land and they're doing like this... I feel like it's one of those zombie walk things. I don't know. I've never been to one of those sort of events. Mm. Have you guys or... No, no, surprisingly. No, so, like, I wasn't quite clear what was meant to be happening in Krusty Land. That's part of my gripe as well, because it doesn't feel very... There's, you know, a skinless, itchy and scratchy there, but that's kind of about it. And I don't know if this is, like, an event thing you go to, you think it'd be more heavily branded to Krusty and all that, and it would just be horrible. It would be, you know, the Halloween special version of a Krusty show, much like the Halloween version of The Simpsons. So, Treehouse of Krusty or something. I was wondering with the uh, with the Krusty Land thing, it's like... um. Again, your American listeners are going to hate us talking about this without the cultural context. But like, from what I understand, a lot of the theme parks do have like their Halloween versions of what they normally like a not scary farm that kind of thing. Yeah, they, they yeah. kind of decorate just for like these weird little one-off events or once a year events. So I think that's them trying to do their version of that. But I wasn't sure if Krusty Land was established enough that people would get that this is this is the Halloween version of what is normal. Yeah, well, I mean, again, because it seemed like it was doing that um, before they got there, and then when they were actually there, it sort of seemed like one of those zombie experience things that mm. I've only heard about. But, Beach, me and you actually went to Disneyland Florida when yeah. at Halloween time, and they had a Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween, and mm -hmm. it was like a thing where they only had the park at like a fifth capacity and it was awesome mm. because we rode space mountain so many times <laughs> we yeah a ride space mountain that you normally have like minimum 90 minute wait on yeah. we rode seven times in a row it's like oh okay and next hurt we could do this all night but yeah. like because <laughs> all the stupid kids were talking to the you know giant mickeys and we're like no he rides we but no and it was just exactly that they had like the same disney parades except yeah mickey had vampire fangs and minnie yeah. uh um was wearing the same thing that mrs hoover was wearing <laughs> and they just have like spooky halloween <laughs> songs jack skellington was there but yeah yeah it was still very mm. still you know, g-rated very safe yeah did they bust out really sophisticated animatronics where a, a alien bursts out of a security guard? <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> like, does Krusty Land have an, an, an unlimited budget that they have to reset this alien prop every single time someone <laughs> enters that building? I like, mean, this, must. This, this seems Boy. expensive. Yeah. Well, that's why they only do it once a year. Yeah, and why, why oh, it takes, so. yeah. yeah, what it was at like 90 minutes to reset when they uh, yeah. have a scaredy cat in their mix. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of like that warning, just all the lights come on, it's like, everyone, we have a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop having fun. Pulls up the little yeah. blanket that says, good, we have a crybaby. Uh, it's just so mortifying, <laughs> poor Lisa. Yeah, but again, that's that's a very child's perspective of the events. It's maybe not entirely literal, but it's, you know, the feeling that everyone is looking and disappointed that you've ruined their evening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I actually did once, um, at Australia's one, I I wasn't a crybaby, but oh, really? at Australia's Wonderland, our theme park that was around for a good decade or two, mm -hmm. um, they had one of those pirate ship rides, and 
I've got a bit of a phobia of rides that go upside down and my seatbelt, it was like, yeah, the ride was completely packed out and mm. my seatbelt just like wasn't clicking in. And they were like, okay, we're ready to start the ride. And I'm just like, I bailed the fuck off the ride. And they had to wait for two minutes while they opened the gate and people were literally booing me. <laughs> oh, fuck them all. That's bullshit. Your, yeah. your, your fucking harness didn't click in. <laughs> yeah. There's an alternate universe where you did go on that ride and we're not sitting here doing this podcast. <laughs> Uh, and so how about the heart of this episode you know we, good simpsons episodes are made up of wackiness and heart how do you think the heart landed in this one uh, lisa has a tummy ache in her courage <laughs> that is such a cute line yeah yeah tummy. <laughs> yeah obviously this one's full of heart like they really want you to feel and i say they succeed in making you feel for this this wee girl who's um who's having a hard time and then like you feel for homer as well like him trying to protect his daughter i'd say it's pretty successful in the heart department yeah and at the same time marge trying to keep bart's halloween alive you know yeah yeah that's true that's the secondary part of this it's Mm. uh her trying to make sure her son has a has a good halloween win is clearly quite important to him like it Mm. it takes a back seat to the main story but yeah you're right Mm. that's that's totally full of heart as well yeah and, and just you know, their family's already experiencing great shame that they've turned into a bunch of skippers. And, <laughs> and yeah, Marge just trying to keep it alive and, like, mm-hmm. already kind of disappointing him. Oh, the party's got dads doing DJs. <laughs> but there's a talking ET there. Can make it say swear words. <laughs> I mean, Of course you can. Yeah, I like this what swung him back. I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, Marge recommends something, but it's, you know, Marge, so it's a little bit dorky. Uh, and Bart goes along and grumbles or whatever. But the, the fact the E.T. could make, like, making the E.T. swear swung him back, especially when you do see the E.T., it's like, hi there, scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wouldn't be surprised if they worked out working out which was the funniest word, and I'm going to say scrotum. Scrotum's a good, good pick, because it yeah. doesn't put you on like a, you know, M rating, but um, it's it's still a funny thing to get an animatronic to say. Yeah, at some awesome. point there was a whiteboard with just a yeah. list of you know, <laughs> and then all the, all the other ones they thought they could get away with and they're like no yeah. Terry we can't go with nutsack we're going with scrotum <laughs> <laughs> but E.T. will sound funnier saying scrotum than sphincter <laughs> yeah there's a debate and that would be a fun fly on the wall moment yeah no absolutely but ultimately did it feel like an episode of the Simpsons you know how's the integrity uh, the characters behaving like themselves yeah, I'd say so. It's um, it's got a lot of the beats of a more classic era one. Uh, I think the execution's a little bit rough, which is why I was slightly down on it to begin with. But all the characters are behaving as themselves, and we get a really good version of Homer, not jerk-ass, selfish dickwad Homer that we get so often. Yeah, I agree with that. Like they're they are by and large they are themselves. The the only way I find them inconsistent is with the pre-existing inconsistent versions. If that makes any sense, like yeah. like you say, Homer's a nice dad he's not jerk ass over lisa is um she's a little kid she's not like mm. spouting off really intelligent monologues that an eight-year-old wouldn't <laughs> which sometimes she does sometimes she doesn't yeah um but they're they're definitely you can find these versions of these characters in countless other episodes mm. yeah yeah weirdly to me this feels more closer to the simpsons in season one or two like then they certainly have felt in years yeah definitely um there aren't that many other characters or any of our regular characters that get that much other screen time except a poo mm-hmm. and even then he's not like character based in this he's just a, a joke machine yeah i think you mean uh boo 
Uh, oh, mythology. Uh, that, I, I couldn't say it. It's too scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I even like my Marge's response there of like, I actually like this better. Yeah. But I thought it was a believable thing for him as well, you know, being, um, yeah, the business-focused guy that the he is. The workaholic he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yes. Yes, I would. I guess I would, but it's going to be quite a while before I get there. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a while before you uh, hit season 27 in the one character a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm watching a lot of Simpsons anyway. I have to prioritize <laughs> the ones that are for work, I suppose. But yes, I, I would watch it. Yeah, I'd like to watch this one again. And, you know, episodes that we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put them in. You know, one of the great joys of being a Simpsons fan is just Mm -hmm. doing nothing but watching Simpsons for a couple of hours. So uh, we like to think about what other episodes we'd pair this up with. Um, It's not a direct parallel, but I'd like to pair it with the one where Lisa wants to go to the museum, see the Orb of Isis, because that's a very sweet Homer Lisa one. Yeah. That's not a betrayal of either character or anything like that. So, yeah, I'd like to pair that with this. That sounds nice. Yeah. No, that'd be a good one. Yeah, just any of these classic Lisa Homer ones. I feel like this sort of goes in with the grander tale, you know, with like Lisa Substitute. Yeah, Lisa the Greek, all those classic ones, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Margin Bart subplots, they don't get many, but actually our friend over at The Real Gyms, I don't know if you know him, David? Uh, I know the name. Yeah, he does YouTube videos and sort of deep dives on certain histories and certain aspects of Simpsons lore, like, does a lot of videos actually on the B characters of The Simpsons and doing their deep dives on their history, so yeah, I think his content will be right up your alley, but Mm. yeah, he just did an episode focusing in on Margin Bard episodes, and it's not much of the episode, but I feel like it had fitted in uh, nicely. Uh, The other one I wanted to throw in is, oh fuck, I can't remember it, the the pool episode where it turns into the rear window parody. I think maybe uh, you could Bard put of to- Darkness. Bard of Darkness. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, I think you could put together a good playlist of uh, the Simpsons being stalked or thinking they're yeah. under threat or something like that. Yeah. It's the funny thing about it is it is unique in that it's a Halloween episode that is so mm. unlike the other up to this point twenty five Halloween episodes <laughs> they've done. Like yeah. you can't really focus on pairing it up with another Halloween episode because there's literally mm. nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, weird outside choice, I'll pair it up with Thanksgiving of Horror, which is the Treehouse of Horror style Thanksgiving episode. So, a bit of trading holidays there. Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? But BT, you mentioned you weren't uh, super enthused by this episode, Mm. so tell me, what would you like to change about it? Well, going over my notes, all my problems are really in the first half, and I just think a few things are a little bit, eh, like... Yeah, just the introduction of the, you know, pop-up store workers as being these junkies high on silly string and other nonsense. I was like, yeah, that's pretty lame. And I just it just feels a little bit meandering for a while. I'm not too sure where we're going. So, you know, just, just tighten up the beginning, streamline a little bit. But that said, my notes do improve as the episode goes on. So I got a, I got a, some good for final notes. I got some nice, nice notes there. All right. Uh, what do you reckon, David? Uh, is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? So it's kind of doing two things. It's it's doing the here's Halloween in Springfield and also here's a horror movie, like a little mini horror movie. Yeah. And it feels like you could kind of get some mileage out of separating those two things. I don't know if you'd want to do a, a little horror story that isn't based around Halloween. But whenever I saw the characters in their wee costumes and whatnot, I was like, oh, I want to know what's going on with that. I want, yeah. to, I want more specific costumes. Like there's uh, Martin dressed as Bender and that just... That filled me with joy. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. More of that would have been nice. 
I think Ralph was dressed as Pie Man, come to think of it. I was wondering what that was, yeah. Well, maybe make, it was just an R. Well, it would make yes. sense yeah. and it wouldn't make sense. But sure. Well, I was too busy writing down his notes so I could hear you say it in James L. Jones' voice, which was, <laughs> I, I saw an areola. Dear God. I saw an areola. <laughs> anyway, sorry, deep cut. Seeing Lenny as a, as a Kanger Kodos at the end really made me smile. Was yeah, like, yeah. Every time Lenny's on screen there, I start applauding. So <laughs> the fact that he showed up right at the very end there, I was like, yeah. yeah. It was a good misdirect as well. Like, I thought it was going to be Kane and Curtis just showing up because they have to mm. be in all of them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then they unzip and it's actually just Lenny and Carl. I was like, oh, you're really working hard on that voice. Like, well, I've been practicing. Yeah, look, as for what I'd change, it's like, I really do wish this episode was a bit funnier, but mm. I, I said it before, I really do appreciate the mood that they're going for and maybe having that mood is kind of what you have to sacrifice jokes for. Mm. But there was a lot of levity had with the grown-up Halloween song. So, yeah, it's a weird note to make because, yeah, I don't... Like, normally I've got so much to complain about the story and it's like, Mm. you can fix this, fix this, fix this. But, like, this one I don't have it. Yeah, like, reiterating what I said before as well, I wish it was a bit more clear what was going on at Krusty Land because... I think, yeah, all three of us sort of would piece together well, some things that we thought it could have been. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't a really important clear. pivot point of the plot as well. Like, everything hedges on this, and it doesn't necessarily need to be as intense and scary as they made it, because, well, we get it, Lisa's eight. It's fine. We remember that sometimes. Yeah, but like, like you said before about the budget before, David, because, yeah, they had chainsaws and guys ripping off their faces and fucking, yeah, chest bursting security. It's just, yeah. Yep. Anyway, I think we're getting close here. Yeah. David, do you have any other notes about this before we rank it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we've basically covered it all. I mean, I can't read my notes, so what does it even matter? <laughs> uh, BT, did you have any other notes? Indeed, I do. Uh, I just Evergreen Terrors, that was a good little... They referenced it a few too many times, but I do enjoy the name there. Yeah. When Homer's, like, surveying it all, he's like, it's got to fluff up these entrails. Like, that was fun. <laughs> and uh, Lisa's complimenting and it's like, oh, yeah, I've never seen black cats with such arched backs before. And the, the sentence, uh, black cats with arched backs, is a good little warm-up tongue twister. I've got to remember that one. Yeah, notice you had to stumble on that one and think about it a bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that and my you know, notes are gibberish and from yesterday I had to remember what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> uh, when they go into Krusty's Halloween thing and Bart's like, you get to eat the black cotton candy. It tastes like regular cotton candy. I <laughs> yeah. There's a light I liked when Apu's kicking out the staff and he goes, take these suspiciously filled duffel bags with you. <laughs> I, like, I like when characters are just that oblivious to what's going on yeah, yeah. actually reminded me of uh where homer's taking out her suitcase at the end well these things are heavy <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah the bits where the junkies are like oh you're gonna be sorry and i was like but i'm sorry now well you're yes. gonna be sorry but i'm already sorry you guys don't but know me at all i need, love that it needs a bit more streamlining i think it's been a concept of a joke alone that was really good there's a sign where he's getting a pretzel that's like you know, spooky toppings, salt, extra salt, ultra salt, plain salt <laughs> frosting, and peanut butter-ish. Well, sorry, peanut-ish <laughs> peanut butter. Peanut-ish butter. Yeah, again, the sign writing jokes are on point, as always. Uh, as with um, when Bart goes to school and Principal Skinner's like, oh, you know, he's dressed as a pirate and Principal Skinner's like, no, you can't have that hook, that's a weapon. You can't have that sword, that's a weapon. You can't have that bandana, like, you might be hiding something. Uh, you can't have the eye patch that mocks, you know, 
sighted, uh, half sighted people, and then uh, just in case, he gives them a sash that just says "pretend." Yep. I did quite like that, you know, just dumbing it down entirely so it's safe for the, for the school and ending it with a sash that just says pretend. I enjoyed that. Well, it also works, that joke works because he's just greeted a bunch of kids in other costumes yeah. and Bart's the only one he has a yeah. problem with. <laughs> yep. Uh, when the, what is it, the, the junkies show up to the house and like, Homer says, oh, I hate to say this, but you sad losers need to go suck someplace else. Uh, that was good. Oh, uh, yeah, and then seeing a creepy little nurse rhyme like in every movie. So that was a bit much for me. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it. I don't, I I, I don't, like don't think a line's going to get better than um, what Kimmy Schmidt, where she's like, watching horror movies is so stupid now. Oh, no, that child is singing that nursery rhyme too slowly. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bit where the power cuts out. It's like, they cut the lights and he picks up the phone. And he's like, and they forgot to pay my phone bill. Like, okay, that's good. Yeah, he reaches for the cell phone and the charger's in one of those like 80 style brick chargers. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a little la- land- landline isn't cut. It's just, I like he's blaming them for it though. Yeah. I can't remember what the, the trigger is, but there's a bit where they're listening to the, you know, junkies ransack the house when they're in the attic and there's like the sound of wind chimes. Like, they're tangling up my wind chimes. <laughs> oh, uh, I know where oh, the wind's blowing. Windy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And my last note is Ralph saying, I saw an areola. So yep. good for you, Ralph. Yep. I only have a couple of other notes. The jokes of in the Apu's costume shop as well, where the slight ripoff costumes as well yeah striped hamburger thief and <laughs> hamburger meat clown really enjoyed <laughs> yeah, that that was very good another playlist i forgot to put this in homer mistakes hans for one of the, his children um <laughs> so yeah pair this up with burns's air when it's like kissing a peanut <laughs> i um, mean twice can't be an accident at hands you want in the simpsons family <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um when lisa's sort of got a bit of ptsd through the school and it's like seeing all the happy halloween mm. decorations and then she flashes and it says, unhappy Halloween. I thought that was, yeah, a very good silly joke. So I thought that was too much as well. Yeah. Mm. It's like we might be falling on different ranks on this maybe, one. We'll see. Maybe, maybe you've warmed my heart a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> uh, when Homer's painting the eyeballs and he's got eyeball paint hazel, incredibly good joke. I miss that one. Oh, yeah. And Homer's like, yeah, I want to go over to the Flanders' house. I want to find out which one's Rod and which one's Max. <laughs> I love this as well because no guest I've ever had has remembered which one's Rod and which one's Todd. No one knows. <laughs> I've, I've written a blog post about Rod and Todd individually and I still couldn't do it. <laughs> like both, both the posts about each of them was about like, so I still don't, don't know which one's which, even though there's a picture of them right there. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, it was this Max one as well. All right. Well, I think it's time to rank this thing. But first, BT, mm-hmm. we need to ask what is the most important question we ask on this podcast. Right. Uh, so basically, we like to ask our first-time guests, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? Now, if that's too difficult, we'll take the slightly easier version of what's the best sandwich? But, you know, you're sitting there, you're painting, you get peckish, you want a sandwich, but you want a personalised one. You order the David Cooper. What are you getting? It had to be something big, like a, a meal, you know, a full proper, like... Mm-hmm. A big, big subway type sandwich, big hoagie mm. type thing with a lot of meat in it, probably. Something that would give me a heart attack. Yep. Minutes after I have it. Lots <laughs> of uh, chorizo. I put, uh, I'm the sorry guy who puts chorizo in basically every meal he can. Nice, I, have, nice. I have it on like my cornflakes awesome or whatever. So be lots of that. Something spicy. I like uh, yeah, a nice, heat. nice spicy sauce on it. Yeah, meat and spice. That's all I really need. But is the meat spiced or is it hot sauce? This is an important distinction. Or is it both? You're double spicing. Oh, yeah. Double spice. 
overdoing it, but uh, yeah, both. I mean, it's not a representation of me as a person. It would be something. Maybe I'm tiger red. Oh, I'm getting hungry now. Yeah, see, mm. this is this is what happens to people. We start talking, they're like just adding extras. Actually, this and actually this. Ooh, you know, it'd be good to add a little bit of this. I'm, I'm glad you saved it for the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. We we yeah, ramp good. up to the difficult questions. Yeah, dinner time for us, getting a lunch time for you. We better wrap this up uh, so yep. we can... Don't yeah. say wrap, it's making me hungry. <laughs> Damn, can't avoid it. <laughs> All right, let's rank this thing. So on the Simpsons Index, we rank using a six-point scale that starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just, eh, eh. you give it participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold... But for the best of the very best, you know, the top tier episodes, the episodes that The Simpsons could not exist without, we have the special rank of Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm giving this one a solid silver. I, like I said, if it had like more of those Simpsons style jokes, I think I would have been tempted with a gold ranking because I really like the story on this mm. one and I love the emotions and the character interplay. But there is just that certain um, something in the hilarity department that's lacking. But solid episode all round. Otherwise, BT, your turn next. Yeah, I'm still a little bit split on this one because I walked in thinking bronze. Uh, but that said, looking at my own notes, all my problems are in the beginning. And if you're going to mess up anything, get the beginning wrong and do the ending right. And I think the ending of this is actually quite good, especially with you know Homer and Lisa's relationship and what they ended up doing with Taylor. So, but has that pushed me all the way to a silver? It just, it does need a few more jokes. You know what, the fact that it tells a coherent story, everyone, I don't have any major fixes, it's more of a smoothing over of what's already there, I believe I will go with a silver. All do right. I that? Do I really want that? Mm. <laughs> yeah, Asterix. you want it. Asterix. <laughs> uh, David, what do you reckon? Uh, I'll go silver as well, like, uh, for basically the same reasons you mentioned. Like, it's not a side-splittingly funny episode, but... Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I don't have the same context that you guys do for the sliding scale of, of a season 27 episode, but yeah. compared to what I know, this is a silver episode. No, absolutely. And no surprise here, it is now our top-rated episode from season 27. <laughs> Pushing down uh, previous first placeholder. Oh, wow. Previous first placeholder has been holding on to episode one of this podcast. Uh, the episode Barthood, which scored a shiny bronze from our panel. Yeah, yeah. That was Two early. bronzes and a silver. That is actually a really interesting episode. I don't mm. know if you've seen it, David, but much like the movie Boyhood, it looks at Bart from different ages, but it doesn't do age 10. So, like, you're seeing him at, like, 3, 7, and then jumps to, like, 13, and then adulthood. It's a really good episode. You do see Chief Wiggum ripping a bong at some point, but... Um, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they got to be edgy at that era of The Simpsons. Yeah, but, yeah. Otherwise, season 27, pretty miserable time. Um, yeah, the, those two episodes are kind of the exception to the rule. But, yeah, a mm -hmm. lot of fun with this one today. I'll, I'll get to that one eventually. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, David... It was so much fun having you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been fun. No, always, always happy to talk Simpsons. I'm looking forward to seeing that watercolour of Chief Wiggum ripping a bong. <laughs> <laughs> not before the one with uh, Chief Wiggum with a ball gag in his mouth. No, no, of course not. <laughs> but yeah, if people want to see your art and everything you're doing, uh, wh where can people find you on the internet? If I'm on social media, I'm usually on it as David B. Cooper. Um yeah, all Cooper. my art's on my Instagram. Uh, go find it. Go look at it with all your eyeballs. Yep, and you got a Patreon running as well? 
Oh yeah, I should probably promote that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'm, I'm too busy focused on um, actually making the stuff. I always forget that I should probably show people it as well. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash Cooper if you want to come watch this weird little project where I'm drawing literally every Simpsons character in order. No, it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And yeah, absolutely. I'll drop links to all your socials in the show notes. And yeah, people go check it out. It's just... It's a lovely thing to sort of see every day, you know, a little uh, post up from David Cooper, another little charming watercolor, another still, another obscure character for you go, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. The people from the bus stop in the OG Simpsons intro. Yeah, I also th- just think it's amazing that there's someone, you know, as people who have been creating Simpsons content for what, six, seven years, what are we on now? Oh, uh, let's to, not think about it. To hear of someone's project that makes me go, Jesus, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's astounding. But, yeah, yeah. fun. I, I I've tried to do some, kind of some rough maths, and if I do every single character that exists up to this point, it'll take about forty-seven years. <laughs> well, look forward to following you for all of it, and to the new social media yep. platforms like Jabingle and Simzibubuf. I don't know. <laughs> They'll run out of names eventually. You heard, but... you heard it here first. Jabingle's going to be the new the new big one. Get on that now. <laughs> Get away from the metaverse. <laughs> Jabingle me okay and BT if uh, people want to find more of us where can they do that well they can pretty much pick up any podcatcher app they have and search for things such as well, not only the Simpsons Index but also Thrones of Game the Game of Thrones podcast where we review the series backwards which is now complete and beautiful and the question keeps coming up are we going to do uh, you know Dragon of the House the answer is yes when they finish it and we can do it backwards Dragon the Off House <laughs> Dragon of the House is more fun, though. It makes you think of a little pet dragon just sitting outside in a kennel. Yep. Uh, and, of course, there's also our scripted fiction podcast, Pulp Fury Radio, which is a variety of, well, scripted podcasts across a range of pulp genres like horror and noir and mystery and fantasy. And there's a second season that's coming out. The good Lord, that's taken a long time to edit. But, hey, we're getting there, damn it. You know, a little bit every day. Uh, but, of course, if you're like, you know what? I have too much money and I like the sound of your voice. What do I do with it? You can go to patreon.com slash sidequest studios. That is the umbrella for everything that we are doing. And your support helps us keep on keeping on as they say i guess i don't have an end for this so <laughs> waka waka doo doo yeah yep uh, uh yeah for the price of a cup of coffee every month we do an exclusive podcast every week uh we're catching up bt on the episodes of the simpsons that he missed um yep. we're also reviewing the dvd extras uh mm-hmm. the bonus features on the simpsons box sets and uh, we've also started a new podcast which we're having an absolute blast with yep. where we're reviewing movies that star the voice cast of the simpsons so it's been an interesting array of films oh, yeah. like we've done 98 Godzilla, Maximum Overdrive. Mm. We're going to do the Super Mario Brothers movie next week. So excited. Dan Castellaneta. Oh, is in there, isn't he? Oh, no, sorry. Castell- yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, yeah, the opening narration or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We watched that not too long ago. It is, it is a trip. Yeah, Actually, I'm looking forward to that. I think you did a, an Art of a Goomba a few weeks ago i think i saw yes that's right yeah we were we were very tickled by the weird little gumbo with the big body and the tiny head yeah such a weird interpretation (laughs) ah that movie's gonna be batshit anyway to hear our review of that patreon.com slash sidequest studios hours of entertainment for as little as five dollars that's it (laughs) (laughs) all right once again david thank you so much for joining us today thank you thank you and bt thank you as always I should have thought of an out for this. Um, Ooh. um, Blood and terror. Ooh, that's what the BT is for. Ooh. (laughs)
<laughs> Nailed it. I'm frightened. <laughs> and I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Should be like all the fake blood in the Halloween. The oh, that's house. all the mustard in the haunted house. That's what I usually I mean, say. That's, the tree you, that's, that's tree houses, not a tree house. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.